One of my favorite characters ever on TV is from the show Seinfeld. His name's George Costanza, and George had many irritating traits, but one of his most irritating ones is he was constantly offering unsolicited, unwanted advice to professionals on how to do their jobs. So he'd go up to a, a TV executive or an actor and tell them an idea for a new plot line, or he'd go up to a professional baseball player and tell them how to better hit a baseball. Somehow, for some reason, he didn't realize how uh, annoying and unwanted that advice was. None of us likes to receive unwanted advice like that, but I wonder sometimes if our prayer lives don't look a little bit like that to God. And it isn't that uh, God doesn't want us to offer requests to him. In fact, he encourages that and commands it. But it's important for us, for our own mental health, to make sure we understand who's in charge and, and why. Uh, sometimes our prayer lives look a little bit more like trying to bend God to get him to hop on board and sell him on our plan for our lives. That's not what prayer is supposed to be. Prayer is designed to be shaping our hearts to hop on board with God's plan for our lives. This is why the Apostle Paul writes in uh, Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now you might say, I've tried that. I've tried prayer. Uh, and I'm just as anxious as I've ever been. I'm just as stressed out as I've ever been. Well, maybe. But here's the thing, are you doing it the right way? Are you praying with thanksgiving? See, anxiety, where it comes from in our lives, is anxiety is the idea that we think we know exactly the way our lives are supposed to go. And whenever we perceive our lives to not be going that way, the distance between our ideal for our lives and the reality of our lives, that distance is directly proportional to our anxiety levels. But when you pray with thanksgiving, it changes things. When you pray with thanksgiving, what you're really doing is you're acknowledging, I'm not fit to run my own life. Only God alone, who's infinite in understanding all the possible outcomes and all the possible choices and all the possible details of life, he alone knows whether or not something will be a blessing and in my best interest. And because he's a loving and powerful God, if what I'm asking for is in my best interest, a loving God would not deny that. But if something truly is not in your best interest, a loving God should not supply it. Pray with thanksgiving and I guarantee this will help calm some of the inevitable stressors of life. A long time before Elsa from Frozen was telling us to let it all go and before Taylor Swift was telling us to shake it off, uh, many years earlier the Bible was actually singing a very similar tune. The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Don't worry about it, let it go, shake it off. Here's the problem for us. We tend to cast our anxiety sort of like we cast a fishing reel. You know, we, we cast it out there, but then we just kind of reel it right back in. That's not what Peter has in mind here. Peter's saying when you cast your anxiety on Jesus, you cast it at the foot of his cross, but then you got to let it go. You're not allowed to actually go and pick it right back up again. That's for Jesus to take care of. Here's the trick in what you do. To cast your anxiety, you can't let your heart, so like your feelings, you can't let your feelings tell your brain what to think. When you cast your anxiety, what you gotta do is you gotta let your mind, your brain, your thoughts 
tell your heart what to feel according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what the gospel says? The gospel says Jesus has got this. If he can conquer Satan, sin, death, and hell itself, I'm pretty sure that your financial problems and your relationship problems and your health problems are not too big of a deal for him. So cast your anxiety. Don't let your, your feeble and fluctuating feelings tell your brain what to think. Let your gospel-driven thoughts tell your heart what to feel in life, and I guarantee your anxiety will start to melt away. One of the many fears of life that tends to give us the greatest amount of anxiety is a fear of lack of control over our lives. But the thing is, we human beings are kind of delusional creatures. We tend to think that we have way more control over our lives than what we actually have. It's sort of like the sports fan who refuses to wash his socks during the playoffs because he thinks this is somehow going to give a positive outcome to his favorite team who's playing a game a couple hundred miles away. It's insane. It's delusional, but that's us. We're kind of delusional creatures. We think we have way more control over our lives than what in reality we actually have. Well, in American society, we tend to believe that we're just simply the product of the choices that we make. And believing that puts a lot of stress and a lot of pressure on us. It makes us very anxious creatures. But I want you to think this through. Think about how many factors in life you really get to choose for yourself that form you. Do you get to choose your own genetics? Do you get to pick your parents? Do you get to choose the socioeconomic conditions into which you're born? Take a step back and think about it. How much of life do you really get to control? In reality, we maybe control about 1.3% of our lives, but we stress as though we're in control of like 99% of our lives. What that leads us to do is it leads us to approach God in a very unhealthy way. We approach God like we're just asking him to give us a little boost along the way, like God was some kind of like divine Gatorade uh, for a boost on a long run. It's very unhealthy, but if you struggle with the stressing about lack of control in life, the antidote to your worry is something called the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is what Paul talks about in Romans 8.28 when he says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. This means that despite the fact that we make bunches of, of foolish, selfish choices in life, twisting our lives into knots, because God is so big, so powerful, and sovereign, he can untie the knots that we make with our lives and he can retwist those lives to turn into beautiful bows. You come to realize that you don't have to be in control if you understand that you have a God who is, who graciously always works out all things for your good. Yesterday, we looked at the fear of a lack of control in our lives. And another big fear that we often encounter is the fear over our past mistakes. It's sort of a, a haunting type of anxiety. It's interesting, the Greek word in the Bible, the biblical word for anxiety, is this word called merimnao. And it literally means to be divided into parts, to be ripped apart. And what's fascinating is what happens to us at a cognitive and psychological level as our thoughts are being ripped apart and divided is our body physically also gets ripped apart and divided. And this is the reason why when you get anxious, you get headaches, you get stomach problems uh, like colitis and ulcers, you get uh, this overwhelming uh, 
stress to your immune system that absolutely destroys it. What's happening to you at a mental level is also then happening to you at a physical level. This is perhaps, at least from my experience, most often the case with the guilt in our lives that leads to anxiety. And here's how the gospel remedies that kind of anxiety from guilt. It's not just the forgiveness of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus. It's all those things, but it's also the justice of Jesus. We read in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him, this is Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What exactly does that mean? Picture yourself in the giant divine court of God and Jesus is your defense lawyer. But he's not only your defense lawyer, he's also the one who's paying for all of your crimes. He's making the payment for all your mistakes and covering all of your guilt. And so now when Jesus defends you before God, he doesn't just appeal to God's love and mercy, he appeals to God's justice. He says, God, if you are a just God, you cannot punish James any longer. Why? Because I have already fully paid for James's mistakes. And if you're a just God, you cannot collect twice for the same crimes. See, you're appealing to the justice of God and it's a beautiful, huge thing. What it means is you don't have to beat yourself up anymore over the past mistakes you've made. C.S. Lewis once put it like this. He said, I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it's almost like setting up ourselves as a higher tribunal than him. According to the Bible, the justice of God is fully served and met and satisfied at the cross of Jesus Christ. The justice of God alone will remedy all of your fears about your past mistakes. Maybe the greatest fear that all of us have is the fear of rejection. Every human I know is on some kind of quest for acceptance in life. And yet, you're going to drive yourself nuts if you live for acceptance from this world. Even the secular world knows that, which is why we say things like you can't please everybody all the time. It's, it's going to make you crazy. So here's the thing. All of us only have so much emotional energy that we're afforded in life, in the same way that we only have so much physical energy. So if you went outside right now and you started sprinting, you might be able to make it like maybe 30 seconds or 60 seconds or 90 seconds if you're in great shape. But at some point in time, your energy resources would be so depleted that your body would shut down and you'd collapse. The same thing is true of us emotionally. You and I are finite creatures that only have so much emotional energy and stress and anxiety tends to drain those resources so that if you get too low for too long in a prolonged state, you fall into this thing that we call depression. What that means is we humans have to be very careful about what we intentionally choose to give our energy to in life. You can't just choose to care about everything, things that relatively speaking in the grand scheme of life don't matter. So what a Christian does with the issue of acceptance and rejection is we say this. We say, look, if God looks at me through the lens of Jesus Christ's cross and he looks at me and he thinks I'm spectacular, then what difference does it make what another sinful human being thinks of me? The only opinion that really ever matters is already in and it says that things are great. Why would I care about anything else? The Apostle Paul writes in, 
Romans 8, 38 and 39, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. At the cross, Jesus literally went through hell in order to get you. That's how valuable you are to him. And if hell itself won't stop him from loving you, what on earth do you think possibly would? That's how much you matter. You're valued, prized, cherished by the one who holds the entire cosmos in his hands like it was a little snow globe. So please, don't you dare ever forget how loved and precious you are to God. Anxiety and depression have been very real issues in my life and over time I've come to understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is by far the best resource God gives us to navigate through all the stress. Uh, I hope you've picked up a couple of my tricks along the way throughout the week. Thanks so much for joining me. Be sure to share, comment below, and join us again next week. Hey, what's up everyone? Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. Uh, we certainly would love this message to reach more and more people. So if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing this podcast, it would bring it to more people's eyes and we pray this message into more people's hearts. Thanks for your support and we'll talk to you soon.